Brent Venable's not wrong. Three days away until kickoff in Norman. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson with you. It is the rush on the ref on the home of Sooner fans. Can I interest you in a weather forecast that says a high of just 89 degrees, Travis, Ooh. with a 24% chance of rain? Can, can, I, can anyone get behind that, please? A- anyone? Ooh, 89, 89, hell of a year. Um, yeah, that's fantastic. I was, I was just going into this assuming, oh, you know, 110, 102, something like that, because that's just what it is every year. So you just go into this first game thinking, all right, I'm going to have that weird half sunburn, and uh, yeah, just gonna, just gonna sweat. It's um, like game one. It, yeah, game one is always hot, but when the opponent is UTEP, for some reason, even though it has nothing to do with anything. You just automatically expect it to be 110 degrees because it always seems like it's been 110 degrees whenever OU's played UTEP, especially uh, that 2000 season opener back in the day. But uh, man, it's it's basically here. We got some really good football games tomorrow night with Oklahoma State playing Central Michigan. Some the people Chippewas got them last night. I know some people tend to think that, and not only did Central Michigan get OSU in Stillwater the year before that, it was an interesting game in the second half. Some people tend to think that Oklahoma State might be on upset alert. Are you going that far? I, I, the Cowboys are like a 21-point favorite this game. Well, um, you know, we hear a lot about championship hangovers and things like that. Well, if you look at, you know, how often they beat Oklahoma, which is obviously not much, they could have a bit of a championship hangover uh, uh just by beating OU so uh, I do think that that they may come out a little bit flat and yeah they're absolutely on upset alert Central Michigan can run the ball they got a running back coming back that had a whole lot of uh, yards last year so well and and what's interesting is I want to see what that defense looks like without Jim Knowles Jim Knowles had a bunch of 30 year olds on the defense and you know, all those, a ton of those guys are gone now. Jim Knowles himself is gone. The defensive line is their strength. But if you can get past that defensive line, there ain't much back there. So uh, if you can get to that second level as, as, in that run game, then you can you can cause some problems with OSU. Their D line does have a chance to be pretty good, though. But yeah, oh, yeah it, it, sure. it, it'll it'll definitely be it'll be a test tomorrow for sure. But on that subject of Oklahoma State playing tomorrow. Uh, Pitt playing West Virginia. No one really hates West Virginia around here or anything. And I and I put this out on our uh, ref Twitter page earlier. If you had the power to hand any team in college football one loss this year, just one loss, and now you can't pick Nebraska, and I hope they lose the OU game, OU cannot be in any way a part of your answer here. It has to be a non-OU game. If you could pick any team in college football and you could choose the game that they automatically lose, what would be the game that you would pick? I have uh, I had two written down, Travis. I've got three, so I'll go first, then you go, and then okay. we'll, we'll do right. it like that. Okay. The first is the the lowest hanging fruit, I think, and especially for those of us on on uh, the OU Twitter is Kansas beating Texas. I mean, it's it won't have it won't. Prov- you know, impact the outcome of, uh, you know, the playoff race or anything like that. But, man, you, you can't lose you can't lose to Kansas again if you're Sark. So, uh, I think that's my number one. Yeah, and, and that was my – it wasn't my number one, but I had it written down since you already said it. I'll just kind of comment on it as well. 
Um, I, I, I wrote it down just because of the joke, and then I thought, that's not going to be my answer because there's a real chance that it happens again. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's not like they, I mean it was I guess you can call it a fluke loss not really when you were a five and seven team but it's happened two out of the past five years and Kansas was in complete control of that game. yeah let's I mean yeah. you can't just box, box score watch that one you can't just say oh you know that's uh, Kansas must have you know made an interesting late no Kansas was dominating that game for much of it and then let them in late but yeah they just. Yeah, it, there's a good, not a good chance, but there is a, a better chance than you would think that happens again. Leopold, Leopold's doing some cool things up in Kansas. There's no doubt about it. They lost to KU, I believe it was in 2016, and then, of course, they lost last year. But there was a game in between, maybe it was 2018 or Needed 2019, where, yeah, they were down like 50-48, to 48, and Dicker the kicker, Needed a last-second field goal at home, mind you. As time expired. And there was a uh, clock malfunction. There was some home cooking, whoever was running the, the clock that day, for Texas to win that game. All that to say, I'm not picking Texas and Kansas because I think that there's a legitimate chance that it happens all on its own without any of us picking it again. I don't think Texas is going to have a whole lot to play for come the month of November. There's going to be a real throw-in-the-towel factor like we've seen so many times on the 40 acres. Mm-hmm. KU will be better. I'm just not so necessarily sure that Texas is going to be significantly better than last year. I'm telling you, man, even though it would be hilarious and that's the easy joke, I'm serious, man. I fully expect that to be a close football game this year. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it, if you look back again, to your point, at the last you know five, six years, it should be. I mean, it should be a, a close game because they have been. KU's got a better record over the last five years against Texas than Texas has against Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. Isn't that crazy to say out loud? Isn't that nuts to say out loud? But it's true. I, I also true. like to say this out loud, that Texas is going to play Louisiana Monroe on Saturday. And combined, Travis, those teams are 1-9 and nine in their uh, previous 10 games. Oof. Oof. That's, Maybe that's that, why ticket prices are as low as forty dollars at DKR on Saturday. Be Maybe that's the reason. To walk into that game. Maybe. What, what was your other one you had written down? Um, USC loses to food. They lose to Rice in in week one. I, I, I mean, how how unbelievable of an opening to the college football season would that be if USC loses to the worst team on the schedule? And it will set up what is going to be or what would be a disastrous season in year one for Lincoln Riley. Look, you can come up with some other games that can help OU out in the playoff race. Notre Dame beating Ohio State, Oregon beating Georgia, whatever. I'm looking at it from the pure comedy angle of things. Dude, Rice beating USC would be just so absolutely perfect if the Rice Owls of all people go out to USC and in front of 27,000 fans pull the upset. Yeah, and I I also had a USC loss, but I went with uh, the fighting Pat Fieldses, uh, a.k.a. Stanford, uh, getting the win over USC. Uh, I also, my third one I wrote down, just UMass over A&M, and that's that late, <laughs> that's that late game that the SEC likes to schedule, uh, like their second-to-last game in November uh, to, to get them another bye week. 
uh, you know, their their FCS school in November when every other team is playing, you know, a ranked opponent. They're all battered and bruised, and they've been having this long season, and all of a sudden you look up at the uh, SEC network, and all of a sudden uh, everybody's playing Mercer and UMass and all that. That's why I think A&M's already struggling on the recruiting trail, but that's leading up, uh, you know, getting closer and closer to that early signing day. If they see that a loss to UMass, it's just going to, it, it's it's going to stop them dead in their tracks. Um, text line, uh, interact with us on this as well. You, you could handpick any college football team to lose any game on their schedule. Cannot involve OU. Which one are you picking? Nine four nine area code UCLA beating USC. Like I wish every year. I think that one has a decent chance of happening. By the way, Let, let's be clear. USC went four and eight last year. Anybody beating USC is definitely on the table. It's real it's realistic. They went 4 and 8 last year. Uh come on guys, Texas could totally upset Kansas this year. <laughs> they've got a, they've got a fighting chance. Here's here's an interesting thing. So you said, you know, playoff implications like if Notre Dame beats Ohio State. I think I could be wrong, but I think I'd rather have Ohio State win that game and and kind of lock up you know, a top two, like if yeah. Alabama and Ohio State are locked into the top two, we need to find out who that three and four is no, going to be. If, yeah, if that's Notre fair. Dame takes that L, then we can, I mean, that would be one more loss on their schedule. Then it's like, okay, is it Notre Dame? Is it Clemson? You know, because we've spoke about, you know, who do you have in your top four? You know, and, and the Notre Dame-Clemson kind of flip is is what people talk about. So, uh, and another thing, I, I was on a, I mean, I know I, I should be reprimanded for this, but I was in one of those Facebook groups oh, no. uh, about OU, mm. and the question was, "Who are you rooting? Who are you rooting for, o, or uh, Texas or Alabama?" And there were a shocking, a shocking amount of people that said, "Whoa, got to root for Texas. It's better for us. We have to root for Texas." No, it's not. Let me let me be clear. It, no, it is not. It is 100% not better for Oklahoma for Texas to beat Alabama. We, we They've been bad. I mean, the decade of suck that Tyler talks about, they've been bad for so long. It is not. It has not kept us from getting in the playoffs. You know who's kept us from getting in the playoffs? Us. That's about it. So if we go take care of business, OU stands on its own. We bow down to nobody. So if we take care of business, we're getting in the playoffs. We've seen it in the past. And we don't want Texas to win to benefit from actually maybe getting guys that care about winning as opposed to getting guys that just care about brands. You, you've lost to a 5-7 and seven Texas team in 2015, made the playoff. You lost to Texas in 2018, and you still found a way to make the playoff. Texas being good does not matter one bit to OU. You should never. One, look, you should never root for your biggest rival. No, under never. any circumstance. Never. And in that 2005 national championship game, was I rooting for USC over Texas? Absolutely. Was there a little bit of a scare that they might chase down the 47-game consecutive win streak? Yes, there was. That did not stop me from rooting no, for yeah, USC. You deal with that another time. Yeah, you deal with that, uh, another deal with time. that next year where after they're losing Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush and Lindale White and everything that they lost. You don't ever want Texas winning a national championship. You don't want Texas beating Alabama. There is no or. There is no if. There is nothing. You never root for Texas to beat anybody, especially yeah. Alabama. It's not yeah, a question. Cecilia Khanna, I think, is going to be in attendance. You want him to watch them beat Alabama? I mean, come on now. 
And that's why I was, I mean, I was scrolling and my jaw was dropping. There may have been a single tear dripping down my cheek seeing OU, people in an OU fan group typing out hook'em. Well, I mean, that's I, disgraceful. Uh, that that Facebook group, uh, those that's people what I get should be blocked and Facebook. reported. Yeah, I, that's I, what I, I get for going to Facebook. I know. That, and that's on me, you know, I got to be better. Um, I got to be better. Text line says, I want Bama to beat Texas in the shadow realm. That's from uh, Lone Grove, <laughs> Oklahoma. I want Texas to be possum stomped so bad they can't see straight. Uh, possum stomp. Yeah. And, and then I'm catching some flack on the text line here for Uh-oh. saying that USC is actually going to get 27000 at the Coliseum for the uh, Rice game this weekend. I don't uh, think they do. 27K is generous. Probably closer to 2.7K. 27000 That was their total attendance combined, I think, of last season, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, probably. Arizona over USC is on the text line. Arizona is... They're one of the most God. embarrassing college God, football programs right now. Really, the, the entirety of the state of Arizona is the like th- those are the two the most embarrassing programs out there. Yeah, they're competing in, in uh, they're competing to be the worst, and it seems both of them are hell bent on winning that. Eight five zero area code Texas winning is never good for OU. Recruiting against them is hard enough when they suck. E- yeah, accurate. Though I think um, I feel like OU is in more battles with. A&M, maybe even Alabama this year than they are Texas, which seems odd. Yeah, I mean, we're in those battles, but historically and moving forward, we will always be – Texas will always be our biggest recruiting rival. And if they're getting top three, top five, top two classes coming off a five and seven year, if they beat Bama, you know, like I said, they might, they might actually get kids that care about winning, and we want those kids. They can have the Jonte Cooks of the world that, you know, can't stay out of trouble. They can have the Ajay Halls and all that. Like, we want the kids that, you know, fit our culture and fit the, the winning tradition and care about winning. I mean, Parker talks about Malachi Coleman wanting to go win football games, and that's why, you know, a lot of us uh, think that he's going to end up at Oklahoma over Nebraska. You know, we want guys that want to win. That seems That seems obvious, but it's not so obvious to some. Wichita says, since this is hypothetical, I'd like to see Vandy over Bama. I don't know. Uh, you, you say that? Here, here's you, We all know exactly what would happen. Vandy would, in some fluky way, beat Alabama, and then pissed off Alabama would return the next week, and the week after that, and the week after that. We, we would be saying that the Nick Saban dynasty is over, Alabama's finished, how embarrassing they lost to Vanderbilt. And they curb stomp everyone by thirty-five points every yeah, single you game. Yeah, you want Alabama. You want to catch Alabama sleeping a bit. You don't want to catch them off a loss uh, to Vanderbilt. You don't. I mean, you, it's it's clear. I mean, there's data to back it up. The year after they lose a national title, the uh, you know the rampage that they go on. You don't want to be. You don't want to be the ones after. You know, you don't. You don't want to be that. Jim in Arlington says, "How anticlimactic will the Mule Shoe Trojan pregame hype video be in comparison?" To the uh, half-empty stadium. What, hey, Jim? It's going to be all uh, OU guys that are on the intro video for USC. If their hype video this week tells us anything, USC's uh, pregame hype video. It'll show. Uh, it'll show Mark Andrews, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray. Maybe some Kenneth Murray mixed in there. I think, I think you and I are in it from the postgame show last year. I think they got footage from that. They're throwing us uh, prob- in there too. Probably, probably so. How pathetic, man! I mean, come on. At least have a little bit of pride. You know, read the well, room a that, little bit. They're just going, they're going 
all in on the Lincoln Riley is our savior. They, I mean, that's the thing. You aren't going to see a single Clemson player in any of the hype stuff over Brent. You, you're not going to see any of that. You're not going to see Clemson players or him coaching in Clemson. It's not going to be the Brent Venables is the Messiah of Oklahoma football because that's what Bob Stoops preached. He said, the players, that's OU football. The coaches come and go, well, no one man is bigger than Oklahoma football. Well, you look over to USC, that's exactly what they're saying. Lincoln Riley is bigger than USC football is what they're saying. By putting, I mean, the hype video has every quote about Lincoln Riley. About Lincoln Riley. Colin Coward obviously made the video about Lincoln Riley. It's not about USC. And USC is one of the most tradition-rich schools in the in the country. I mean, that's what's crazy is you've got, I understand if you went to go coach at A&M, you know, they don't, they don't have any, you know, big Heisman National Trophy, you know, type of history. But you go coach at USC and by all accounts, they're, technically a blue blood and you make it about OU players what are you doing it's it's really really odd that they did that show Matt Leinert or Carson Palmer or show Will Ferrell for God's sakes I don't Will care. Ferrell John David Booty you're right man you got plenty of guys to, to choose from <laughs> Matt Barkley show the butt fumble Mark Sanchez I don't care but throw actually, seeing ghost Sam Darnold yeah you sure use your own players Man, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next. Keep it locked in the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. There's running back Eric Gray not revealing any inside information if there's going to be more than one running back in the backfield at a time. You think Jeff Levy's going to throw that out this year? You think there's a chance we see both Eric Gray and Marcus Major in on the same play coming up on Saturday? Oh, yeah. I think you're going to see a bunch of different looks. So, yeah, I, I think we see it. And and I'm, I'm sure that smile from Eric Gray was nice and big when he said, no, can't tell y'all any, can't tell y'all that. Be awesome, man. I, I'd be uh, I'd be down to see both Eric Gray and Marcus Major back there. Uh, he said everyone in the running back room has a role. Eric Gray's role is, at least for right now, he's going to get the majority of your carries, and you're hoping that he can do everything in the offense. What's Marcus Major's role going to be in the offense this year? Man, I think he's a bruiser, man. At, like I said, six foot, 220, physically impressive. Um, just kind of that battering ram. If the offensive line is as good as what the reports have been out of camp, then he should have holes to run through, and he's going to have a head of steam going at those linebackers. And if that's the case, I, I, given the, the Oklahoma drill type, I'll take Marcus Major in that one. So I think he's going to be the bruiser. He's not. He doesn't have the hands that Eric Gray does. Doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield quite as well. So I think it's going to be an obvious running situations that you're going to see Marcus Major. Yeah, when he's running downhill, though, he's he's pretty good. And, and here's the thing, Travis, is 
I guess when we think of Marcus Major, like what do we think of? Like what game do we think of? Do we think of the Cotton Bowl? Is that the game yeah. that we think about the most? I mean, that that's been a long time ago. Yeah, and that's the, the thing. The thing about the Cotton Bowl is every single OU player that had a rushing attempt that game set their own season long in rushing, like season long in rushing that get game if that if i if that makes sense so everybody who got a carry they had their longest rush of the year in that game yeah. so it's hard for me to put a lot of credence into that florida game because man everybody you and i could you and i could have no no and no i and i i totally agree with that i'm just saying like okay when we ex- when we think about what we expect marcus major to be this year like, normally when you talk about that, you think back to a certain game or a certain set of games and say, well, this is how he looked. I mean, we haven't just seen him a ton recently. So you think no. all the way back to the Cotton Bowl. That was a long time ago. I mean, there is a real chance here, and I take this co- these coaching staff's word for it, is that he's had a great past eight weeks here. Maybe he just looks like some dude that we haven't seen. I, I mean, he's going to look like a player – that we haven't seen before, but I, I just wonder how different it's actually going to look on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he had 15 carries last year total. Um, when, when you look at what he did in 2020, where he had the 35 carries, obviously not a ton, but more than he had last year, nine of them came against Florida, and he went for 110 for a 12.2 average uh, against Florida. So had that 46-yard um, carry, so... You know, it's. I, I think I think this offense just sets up a little bit better for him. This offensive line sets up a little bit better for him, where he can punish those running downhill. I don't think he's a guy that can get contacted early, kind of near the line of scrimmage, and and kind of shimmy out of it or make a man miss and then go. But you don't want to be the on the other side whenever he lowers that shoulder. Big wink in Stigler says, "How do y'all think the crowd will do on Saturday?" Electric. I think, I think we put seventy five thousand people in the stadium during a tornado watch to watch a game that didn't matter. I mean, you, the the opening, the people I've talked to, they're saying, "Man, I can't miss, I can't miss the first game of the Brent Venables era." We, I mean, you look at the Rudy's, uh, the coaches show uh, that Teddy and Toby did. It was packed. Yeah, it was busier than any. Olympics I don't know ever for was. sure, but yeah, it did seem like that's the best attendance they've ever had at one of those yeah, shows. It was packed. It's people right now are are they're feeling that it's going to be special, and they're saying, you know what, I don't want to miss the first blank of the Brent Venables era. It, apparently, that that went with the coaches show as well. I don't want to miss the first coaches show of the Brent Venables era. I don't want to miss the first spring game of the Brent Venables era. I sure as hell don't want to miss the first actual game that counts of the Brent Venables era, and that's why I think the crowd's going to be electric. Yeah, if you want to go to the game, you don't have tickets. Um, I'm looking at StubHub right now, and the cheapest that I'm finding for a pair uh, is looking like right under $40. Now, (laughs) they're listed at just under $40. With the fees, they'll be right around $50 a piece, but... Yeah, I'm, it's not going to be the most expensive ticket that you've ever had around here, but I do agree with you. It'll be sold out, and the people in there, they're going to be rowdy, man. And when that intro video hits, and if Brent Venable says there's only one Oklahoma at the very end, 
people are going to absolutely lose their minds. Like, I, I think at the tail end of that game, it's going to be like any other season opener against a bad team. You're going to see people file out and you know head on over to Campus Corner to hang out with us at Yo Pablo. But for that first quarter and a half, for that first half, if OU takes care of business in the first 30 minutes like I think they're going to, and it's a blowout at halftime – that first half is going to be it, – it's going to be a great atmosphere, man. I, 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 the spring game showed me that. I, I can feel all of the hype and excitement. For a UTEP game, this is going to be as good of an environment as you could hope for for a game against UTEP where you're a 31.5-point favorite. Yeah. I, I, what's nice is we didn't need to – you know, a lot of people wish, you know, man, I wish we were playing a better opponent. You know, you kind of look around the college football landscape – and, you know, you get kind of jealous of the atmospheres that are going to be going crazy in, uh, you know, in Columbus uh, or, you know, all, all these all these big time games. But we're, we're going to have an insane environment just since it's the first game of the season. It's going to be crazy. And what I'm what I'm actually looking forward to, which I think is actually going to be pretty funny, is the natural revisionist history that we apply to this game. You know, you'll you'll have somebody make a hit and you're going to hear somebody in the section go oh man nobody ever got hit like that even <laughs> once you know in the last five years like uh, i mean perion almost killed a dude yeah he did. um i mean like you know what i mean like we have had bright spots you know they were few and far between at times but we've had bright spots over the last five years i mean so it's not like we've been a bunch of bums out there i mean we've been going to the playoff and and and, and winning big 12 championships and i'm not i'm not sitting here saying that now we're we're not going to improve. I I totally think we're going to improve. And I know the popular thing is to say that we were we were terrible under Lincoln, and now we're going to be incredible under under Brent Venables. I don't I don't think that's necessarily fair, but especially to a lot of the players that were on those teams, Brian, and some and some of the current coaches that are on those teams. Brian and Tulsa with the hot take here. Saturday uh, should rival the 2008 Tech game. It's that big. I don't care if it's ooh. UTEP. It's going to be insane. Brian, yeah, I mean that's that's hot. I love the hot take, and I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. However, I do not think we're going to be walking away saying that rivaled the 2008 Texas Tech game. You, the final score might rival the 2008 Texas right? Tech game, but the actual you, atmosphere, I don't know about that one. Do you think that some people stick around so they can chant about uh, booty? Um, because that's going to be late in the game if he gets in. Yeah, I mean, if he was the backup quarterback, I think yeah, more people. But you just don't know for sure if the third string quarterback's going to get in there. You know what I mean? You don't know if yeah. Booty's going to get in there. But that's the thing. That's the that's you, you want to be there. I mean, people say you know they want to be at the first blank of the Brent Venables era. I think there might be a few people out there that want to be in general the first game of the booty. general booty era. Don't you oh, think? I can't wait for the PA. I think guys. there's some people out there. Yeah, I can't wait for the PA guy to say general booty. Maybe that's the one thing that's going to keep the uh, students in the stands past the second quarter is the thought of seeing general booty out there on the field. Hey, hey, on that, um, how many general booty jerseys do you think we see now that they're selling play like actual player jerseys? Would they be? Are are they in yet? Like, I don't. Are they, are they ready for game one? If I know this fan base like I think I do, if they're, they're making if, their own, if yes, they're making their own. If they're not already, you know, ready and available. Yeah, I, I, I think I think you will see booty merchandise, some type of booty apparel. I think it will be prevalent the game, and and people I think will be walking around kind of 
trying to catch people eye catch people's eyes like, oh, yeah, do you see this shirt I got on? Hey, do you see this? Hey, yeah, booty. Yeah. Um. Like, what do you think is going to be the loudest ovation of the night? Is it going to be like the first touchdown that's scored? Is it going to be when the intro video hits and the team runs out? Brett Venables being shown. Like everyone's the most jacked for Brett Venables, so it's got to be something Brett related. It's got to be the there's only one Oklahoma. Yeah, it, and it's got to be if they do the if they do the kind of former great legend passing on. You know, to if, if they have you know Barry and Bob there saying you know there's only one Oklahoma to get. I mean that. Feels like feels like the family getting back together, you know what I mean? Yeah, would be awesome. Uh, real quick, on the text line before we hit a break, my theory is that the stadium atmosphere will be vastly improved because we'll have a vastly improved defense. For the last 10 years, we haven't had much to cheer about on the defensive side of the ball. That's actually a pretty good point. Like I feel like the crowd is loudest, obviously immediately after a big play, a touchdown, but when you really feel the crowd noise as an opponent, Travis – it's on third downs when your team oh, is yeah. on defense, you know? And there, I think that there's a lot of truth to that statement that you haven't had a whole lot of faith in the past that this defense was going to get off the field on those third and shorts that they face. Like, now if you get more in third and longs, it, I, I think the energy could get turned up in those spots, sure. Yeah, and I think, again, to your point, if we stop those third down uh, attempts, that's the key is – you don't want to oh, get up for a third down. Oh, they picked it up. All right, they got another third down coming up. Everybody up. Oh, man, they got it again. All right, oh, everybody up. By the, but, man, by the time you get get one drive, can damn near knock you out. So, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, the importance, I think, is actually getting the stops. And I think where it's going to be big is the first time you actually see the offense call a timeout because they can't hear. That is going to be when it when it really comes off the chains. I also think you're going to get a little bit of love at the end of the first half. I think if the team plays well, I think as the team's running off, I think you're really going to get that, like, yes, this is what we wanted. Thank you guys so much. Ovation. Yeah. Hey, in case you missed it, big news today. Good news for OU football recruiting today as it pertains to a five-star defensive lineman in the 2023 class. What happened? Well, we'll tell you next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the Homo Sooner fans. There's defensive coordinator Ted Roof. It is The Rush, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Travis Davidson, we're with you until 6 p.m. And I guess there is um, a little bit of a situation on campus right now at OU. A bill passed by OU undergraduate student council, or student congress recommends the Friday before the OU Texas football game be a student holiday despite opponents' request for the holiday to be saved for election day. Um yeah. uh, not not only should the Friday before OU Texas be a holiday at OU, uh, it should be a statewide holiday 
for for I mean, come on, everyone should be national, off work. National holiday, national holiday, so we can clog up the roads even more <laughs> with everyone trying to head to Dallas for OU Texas. Exactly. Well, here's the thing: it's just from a timing standpoint, it it makes more sense that it, OU Texas. It's specifically against an election day, right? Because election day, you should have time to make it to the polls. You know, the polls get up early. In, it's easy. In your area, they have mail-in ballots. They have all kinds of different options. So get up, go vote. And if you look at voter turnout for, you know, college-age kids, not not very high, unfortunately. So it's it's a situation where the, you know, the polling places are by where you live. The Cotton Bowl is not. The Cotton Bowl you have to travel to. So just from a timing perspective, of course, you don't have to cancel classes for Election Day unless you're some maniac that's taking, you know, an 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., uh, you know, schedule or something like that. Or just but That's on you. Or that's on you then. Just skip class on Friday if you have Friday the OU Texas game. Or be a veteran and not schedule classes on Friday while you're yeah, at OU. I, 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 was, I, was unaware, I was unaware that it wasn't a holiday already. Yeah, I mean, I don't care if it's a holiday or not. If I'm in school there, I, you will not be seeing me in class on Friday of OU Texas. Sorry. And we'll, uh, and we'll, and we'll see about Monday. Your boy's leaving at like 7 or 8 a.m. to beat all that traffic so you don't have to sit in that parking lot that's Denton, Texas for about an hour and a half or two at noon on a Friday. Yeah, anytime I'm going to Dallas or Houston or anything like that, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a night driver. I like driving at night. I mean, even when Parker and I – uh, we're heading out to Vegas. Like, we drove straight back 17 hours through. No no hotel, no nothing. So, on the way there, we did stop in Albuquerque. On the way back, nothing. I drove the whole way. That sounds awful. Oh, I my en- gosh. I enjoy the night driving. That, no traffic. Mm. It's just you and the road. And, uh, yeah, that, that's the way to do it. That sounds like – I mean, God bless you, but that sounds like the worst thing of all time, to be honest. I, well, I mean, no you way. get caught in traffic, it, it, you know, it can add an hour or two to your trip. Yeah, but you got to plan those uh, big cities, hitting them at night. I work at OU, says the text line. It's a ghost town on campus that Friday anyway. Good, it should be. It's a Good. football school here. Yes, the Friday of OU Texas should look like a ghost town. Forget the kids calling in sick. I would think that the professors would be calling in sick as well. I'm not going to put you guys through this. <laughs> we need to we need to teach a class together. Yeah, <laughs> forget OU Texas. There would never be a class Friday before any football game, exactly. home or away or in Dallas or whatever it is. It does not matter. We would not be having class that day. Yeah, oh, that's in- yeah. The the opponents. I think that's for profiling purposes. Much like in uh, Talladega Nights, um, whenever they keep certain songs on the jukebox uh, for profiling purposes. Um, I think this is uh, anybody who opposes, you know, the Friday holiday. Before OU Texas, I think it's for profiling purposes. Those people don't get season tickets. Do you see the? Uh, <laughs> did you see the pics today of the, the painting the field over at Owen Field? Oh, yeah. oh, buddy, that, oh yeah, that is a. It's an underrated, great moment before the first game, when you see Jason and those guys out there tweeting out that uh, they're Jason getting the Fares chalk is ready. Must oh, must man, if 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 you're if you're an OU football fan, Jason Fairs is a must-follow. That's J-A-S-O-N-F-A-I-R-E-S. So, Bears. And he's got, I mean, even if you like a good, uh, a, a good, you know, grass-cutting photo, that's he, he's good for him. So 
Peyton grass cutting it. Anything having to do with grass, he's your guy. It's pretty sweet. Um, well, not anything having to do with grass. <laughs> i got to be careful. i got to be careful uh, saying it's, that in this Yes, sus- someone suspended for six games. The NCAA rules. Yeah, right? Found that out the hard way, man, if you keep talking like that. No, um, so did you know that the end zones at OU look different based on if they're playing a conference or a non-conference opponent? I personally did because I because I follow Jason Fairs and and we talk about filling in the end zones for conference play. That's one of the things with the SEC throwing that non-conference, you know, FCS team, you know, in the middle of the in the middle of the schedule. You can't have stuff like that. But Jason gets it ready for conference play, of course. Yeah. So for those of you that don't know, for non-conference games, so on Saturday. It'll have the Oklahoma in crimson uh, across the end zone, but it won't have that red background. Um, For conference games, it will. You'll have what you're used to seeing or what you've seen the most, I guess. You'll have that crimson background in Oklahoma with the white lettering, but that's for conference games only. I don't feel like everyone knows that, um, but it's a a kind of a sneaky, cool tradition, honestly. I I, I dig it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, and Jason's really cool about tweeting like, hey, we're adding some color. Red letters for this game, red end zones, and white letters for conference games. That's what it, that's what it is. Yes, Chase in Orange County, Professor Tyler and Travis teaching the studies of taking Fridays off. I, I like it. You, everyone gets an A in that class. I, <laughs> I like it. Everyone. Unless you show up on Friday. If yeah, show, well. We put yeah. a ring doorbell on our classroom. If you show up on Friday, we ding you because clearly you're not – you're not taking the class seriously at that point. Uh, I teased it. I almost forgot to get to it. My bad. David Hicks, the good news I was telling you about, five-star defensive lineman. Uh, there's three, not one, not two, three crystal balls in today for David Hicks to OU. Now, we've been hearing for about a month now that he's an OU lean. Did he silently commit while he was in Norman? You've gotten that question a time or two. The crystal balls are flowing for David Hicks. It's look, or It's looking better than it ever has. That OU's going to get their first five-star D-line commitment in quite some time. Good day yeah, for and, OU Cruton. Yeah, and I want I want to be I want to clear some things up on crystal balls real quick. So, um, it the percentage that you see next to a school's logo is the percentage of schools that have put in a crystal ball, or a percentage of experts that have put in a crystal ball for that school. So prior to this. There was only one crystal ball, and it was for A&M. And people would say, oh, I don't know if Hicks is coming to OU. It says 100% to A&M. That's not saying that the confidence is at 100%. It is saying that 100% of the crystal balls favor that school. So it could be a, it could be a confidence of one. But if it's the only crystal ball for something, that's what it means to be 100%. So I wanted to clear that up because I'd seen that. A yeah, and, and all three crystal balls are in for OU, correct? Had that right? Uh, that I've seen, yes. Yeah, because uh, Will and Fong, now they'll really start flowing. Yeah, once Fong's in, and then a couple of the the whoever are the experts of the school that you know is making the predictions to their school, i.e. Parker and Brandon, then you really start to see like you'll have somebody who's not even in the commitment throughout. Like you'll have like the the Penn State insider or like the UCLA insider. They have like, no idea. They just want to be right on it. Get the <laughs> yeah, throw right. my name in the bucket. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll start to see some of those come through as All well. Right. We'll close up hour number two of the rush. Coming up next, keep it locked to the ref.
Citra Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush. Listen to this story. This is pretty cool. So my uh, high school basketball coach taking his daughter, I guess, on a recruiting visit today up to uh, McPherson College in Kansas. He walks into the head women's basketball coach's office today, Travis, Mm -hmm. and the head coach, Josh Nichols, is listening to the ref. He's listening to the show as my old high school basketball coach walks into his office today. Like, what are the odds of that? How cool is that? Oh, my gosh. No, that's incredible. So, obviously, I hope McPherson goes undefeated and wins the national championship this year. You know, KREF Army, we're deep. I know. We're we're real deep. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, David Hicks, by the way. Looking pretty good there. Micah Tease, look, OU got their third wide receiver commit last week. You guys had Micah Tease on the show last week. Is OU going to pursue that, or is he eventually just going to end up at Arkansas? Here, here's the thing. If I, had to, if I had to bet, he'd end up at Arkansas. But now that he's in contact with LDW, with uh, he's been in contact with Hall and Valai, that's a guy you get on campus and treat him like a Billy Bowman. Just put him somewhere. He's so, a baller. But they, they would, like, still now they would take him, you think? I personally think he's a take. I'm just not sure. I think they would take him. I'm just not sure how hard they're pursuing. But he says he's going to be in Norman a couple times this year, so we will see. There you go. Final hour of The Rush coming up next.